Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let Charles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for everything that you have been doing in our lives, Lord. I just thank you for blessing us, Lord, and making it a world blessing to others as well, Lord, that we can continue to pour in others' lives, Lord. Lord, I also just invite your Holy Spirit into these Bible studies, Lord, and just ask that you continue to impart your knowledge on us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody. And we are continuing our study with 1 Corinthians. And we're going to be beginning this morning in chapter 2. So with that, could I get a volunteer to read the first five verses, please? I will. All right, I promise. Let's hear it, sir. And I, brethren, when I, come, when I came to you, did not come with excellence or of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I, declare, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and, his, and Him crucified. Crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm-hmm. All right, so as is our custom, I'll open the floor up to, to each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, if you have any questions, please ask them. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, who'd like to begin? You want to go, Lilo? Go ahead. Promise. Okay. I. The Lord showed me, for how Paul, he was when Paul was talking about he wasn't using human persuasive and flower, flowerly, flowerly words. <laughs> To get draw people into the Lord, but he was demonstrating it through his actions. You can see that where it says in verse one, um, verse four, and verse five, and that what when he was doing that he was doing it also to show them, okay, you're. This is how you do it. You're not going to be using flower words of ease to draw people into the Lord, but actually demonstrate through your actions and allow the Lord to speak in and through you. And us in verses verse five, that your wisdom should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And that you're actually saying what the Lord says and not adding anything to it. Any, adding anything or taking away anything to it. Like with the prophet Jeremiah. When he was proclaiming that the people were going going to go into bondage, he didn't add words of ease that the Lord didn't say or take away parts that they're going into bondage. He said exactly what the Lord said and the full thing. That's right. What else, sweetie? 
that's it. Okay, that's a good point, right? But isn't that, I'll state it in this way, isn't that exactly what a prophet is supposed to do? Yes. Speak exactly to the letter, the jot and tittle of what the Lord is saying, right? Uh, yes. Only. No more, no less, but exactly what the Lord is, is saying. Isn't that the exact thing that you saw in Moses? Yes. You saw it in Jesus? And Jesus testified that that's the exact way the Holy Spirit operates. Just takes from the Father and discloses it to us. Right? Not speaking of their own initiative, but only what the Father directs. Right? Yes. In so being is also the same way that we are to, I'll say, operate and move and live in, our, in the Lord, in our walk with Him. Saying what the Father says to say and doing what the, Father's, what the Father does. And it's directed for us to do in our life. All right? Yes. So it's great. There's a huge lesson there. and But there is also more, right? Um, so I want to see what, uh, what everyone else brings out first before we get into that. All right? So, Layla, you wanted to go. Yes. So please, share with us. Um, my attention was drawn when Paul had said, also what Promise said, um, in verse 4, where he said, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit, as in the Holy Spirit, and of power. Um, I was drawn to Matthew chapter 28, um, verses 18 and 20, when Jesus was giving his disciples the Great Commission before he ascended into heaven. And he said, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Um, and you see in other scriptures where Jesus had told his disciples, in my name, you will cast out demons and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It was in Jesus' name that these things happened in the power of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't something that they drew up out of themselves. And that's what Paul stated here. He said, I didn't concoct these um, displays for you to try to persuade you to believe what I'm telling you. I just let the Holy Spirit do his thing. And I was working with him. Paul didn't resist what the urging of the Holy Spirit and go, no, Lord, you can't do this. I'll do it myself. But when he was instructed, he went. When God told him, go, he went. And when he said, come, Paul came. And it's just a reminder that we should be like that always. It, we shouldn't have to try to use our words to persuade people. They should just be convinced seeing God working and shining on the outside of us that they want a piece of that. So we don't have to try to swindle anybody to become a child of God. We just let him do all the work. You just make sure that you're walking with him and, and he can use you to draw those people in. Um, as in, don't let yourself be in opposition to the Lord. Oh. Some interesting points. Very interesting. Um, Paul saying... Again, he's not coming in persuasive words and speech, right? Mm -hmm. um, as you were saying that, I was reminded of Isaiah fifty-five eleven, right? Yes. Because, uh, well, for two things. First, Isaiah fifty-five eleven. Are you pulling it up, Layla? Yes. Would you want to read it for everybody? I can. 
Um, and it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Mm-hmm. And we know that everything that's good and perfect comes from the Lord, right? Above? Yes. Exactly. Yes. It comes from the Lord, from the Father above, the Father of lights, right? Or the Lord yes. above, the Father of lights. But then there's also, Scripture says, if we sow, out of the flesh, it reaps corruption and, and a myriad of other things. But what we sow in the Spirit, we will also reap in the Spirit. The Spirit being the Spirit of the Lord, right? Which yes. just confirms yes. exactly what Isaiah is saying there in, in Isaiah 55, 11. And then there's, uh, so I guess we'll get into it now. We'll kind of the, we'll bridge the, the gap here, right? Because Promise brought up some interesting things about how he came and that you're also reiterating on. It wasn't a persuasive speech. And also, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't persuasive speech. It wasn't in flowery words or eloquence or, or any of those things. Well, what did Paul preach? And it was the basics. How to achieve, receive, not achieve. You cannot achieve it. How to receive salvation, right? Yes. And you see that exact thing. Oh, this is a, a constant in Paul's ministry. Did did Paul have the, um, I'll say, the qualifications, the certifications, the the Holy Spirit also to teach him, to show him, to explain the deeper things of the Lord? Absolutely. And he also does that. But he always, in every place he goes to, you see him still talking about Christ and Christ crucified, which is how we enter in to salvation. Um if you could, please turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. And it's going to begin in verse 18. And as I read this, think to what he's saying here in, in Corinthians, because you will see a lot of similarities. Everybody ready? I am. Okay, so he begins... And he says, and he, that is Christ, is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which we preached to you, or sorry, which we preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So in that, he, we see, this is, he's essentially saying something identical. This is what I brought to you. And you see, this is a constant in Paul's ministry. Um, it's absolutely a constant in his ministry. Hey, this is why you are able to receive salvation because of the work that the Lord did 
on the cross, being uh, the atonement or propitiation for our sins. He covered them to present us spotless, blameless, without anything that would separate us from the Father. But we are holy and righteous in him. Or said another way, right, to quote scripture, we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Nothing that we could do of our own self or works. Right? And Paul is, is really enforcing that, right, there. Um, and the same thing, I didn't come in power and authority, right? Yes. But we see that the same thought, hey, Christ is first. And it's because of him that Paul's acknowledging that I have this ministry that he he gave him, he, that the Lord gifted Paul. But also it's so that everyone else can come in and have, or be, or say in this way, be reconciled to Christ and ultimately enter into his salvation and glory. But that, that's right, honey. Um, you go ahead. So, so we see in there also, right, in this same scripture, in verse 3, he talks about his weakness. He talks about uh, fear and, and trembling, right? And you can look at that a couple different ways. Of course, you can look at that in human terms, right, of yes. uh, being concerned or being anxious, right? But where do you really see Paul exhibit those human characteristics? If you've studied out, then especially the New Testament, right? Almost nowhere. You see Paul move in power and authority, right? Yes. And he says that to multiple places. Hey, when I come to you, I will come in, not with flowery words and speech, I will come in power and authority, right? Not his own power, but the Lord's power operating in and through him. So the other, I'll say, way to look at this is of the spiritual nature and in there is a reverence to the Lord, to the Lord's presence, His glory, the, and giving the Lord the honor, a respect, or reverence that He's due as a result of what He has done, or who He is, and what He has done for us. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyone else have anything they want to share? I feel like I'm talking a lot. I do. <laughs> okay. Well, go for it. Um, and then to the point she said, Dad, in verse 2, Paul says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and his crucif- and him crucified. And what he's saying there was, I'm not going to teach you anything but the gospel. He was determined that he wasn't going to step out of commandment or step out of line with the Lord. He was going to do only what God instructed him to do, and we should be that way too. We should be so determined not to break covenant fellowship with the Lord that we would do anything to make sure that we stay with him and we stay in his presence and in step because that's important. Oftentimes we step out of line and we think we have a better way of doing it and we cause trouble for ourselves and, and God doesn't want to see that trouble for us. So how do you fix that? Well, Paul's stated right here i'm not going to teach you anything not going to show you anything that's contrary to the word of god lest i be found in opposition to him fighting against him because that's what that is every time you you um go no lord i got it and do your own thing you find yourself fighting against him and that's a dangerous place to be in and 
unfortunately, like it comes in the form of teaching what you say to your children, what you say to your parents or your siblings, and what you act out in your day to day. You're always being watched in your house, on the street, in the store. There are people always looking at you, and they observe and see what you're doing, and they pick it up and they go mimic it and they go copy it, and that's especially when it's not anything of the Lord, that's a very bad place to be in, and you don't want to be that bad example. We want, we are the salt of the earth, and we are the light on the hill. So to ensure that we don't cause others to go astray, we have to first be obedient to him ourselves. First, make sure that we um, have ourselves in check, if you will, buffet your flesh and have it under submission. Amen. The Charles? Um, yes, like what I was saying about verse 2, I also think that Paul is getting at the fact that he doesn't come with the pretense of that he knows everything there is to know. He comes with the heart willing to learn more. And it just reminds me of multiple examples. Like, if I'm doing addition, I have a preconcept, I know how to do it, but most times that undoubtedly leads to mistake because I'm not looking at it fully of what's truly there. I'm looking at it, I know the skim through it, just get the right answer, and it's normally wrong. The same is true here. Paul may know exactly what the Lord's saying, but he goes into it as though it's all new, so that way he can get the bigger thing at the end of it and have a better understanding. While we may, he may have a small understanding now, it's nothing compared to the bigger understanding he could have at the end. So are you saying that um, although he has knowledge, right, because we've seen Paul declare that how he was raised and it's a part of the Hebrew culture to know the Torah front and back. But it, it seems as though he went even beyond the, the elementary parts of learning and memorization of the Torah and actually how he carried it out. He said he was perfect and blameless concerning it, meaning he hadn't broken it. And even though he knew these things, he didn't come with his own attitude of God. I know what you want to do here. I'll take the reins and carry it out. But he kept a humble attitude, yielding to the Holy Spirit and opening the door for him to make a way into the earth, right? To allow yes. him, the Holy Spirit, to do and accomplish whatever it was that he set forth and his purpose was in Paul going to these group of believers. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Amen. Oh. Amen. You know, it's funny that God doesn't have a either be ignorant or know everything perspective. He wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to understand. He just does not want that knowledge or understanding to replace him. Oh. He never wants us to go, I've read the Bible. Shh, Holy Spirit, I've got it. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you want for these people. I've got it, and I'm going to take care of it in my flesh. Because if it's been begun in the Spirit, like he says to the Galatians, then, of course, it's the Spirit who needs to complete it. It's the Spirit. We, there's no point where we should um, cease our pursuit and our availability to let the Lord guide us into his perfect will and his perfect outcome. There's no point when, she, when we should do that. But at the same time, God doesn't want us to be brainless or mindless or unaware of what's going on. He's okay with us having natural um, perception as in he's okay with our sense of sight, touch, smell, hearing, taste. He's okay with us having that. He gave it to us. He's okay with us having emotion. He's okay with us um, experiencing that emotion. He's okay with us learning things and applying things. He just wants to remain at the helm. 
He wants to remain God in every way possible that is do him. So that way he has, like you brought up in um, Colossians, he has the preeminence. He continues to remain king, God, Lord, captain, you name it. He's in charge. You know, I, I know there's been times in my life where um, God has given me a word or revelation about something in his word. And um, as I share it with others and I watch them receive it, um, pride creeps in real fast. And so I can't help but believe there's a component of this that Paul is also telling himself to keep his own self in check, right? Reminding himself who he is. Because up until... Um, he met Christ. Um, he, he was on a path to clearly identify who he was. And, and it was all based in pride, mm-hmm. right? The tribe he was in, the citizen he was, the learning that he'd been under the teacher who he'd been under, under mm-hmm. how he'd held the law, everything. So I, I, I believe that Paul probably had to fight that uh, quite often because I'm sure his flesh brought that up in him often. So he was, I think part of this was he was poising himself. Also, if we look back in the previous chapter, he was speaking to the divisions that were going on. And who is it? Who says, I follow Paul and I follow Apollos? So he's trying to really squelch that and then remind him, wait, 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 wait. So if I say something that sounds really good right now, this ain't, this ain't about me, right? This is the Lord speaking to you. And I, I can't help but believe that if, if Paul was in the room with us right now, that there would be a level of awe just because of the encounter that he had with Christ and the way that he's able to expand on what was given to him, right? So I think he wanted to make sure he was speaking to the crowd about that so that as you see what's going on right here, right, to, or not say the crowd, but to his audience, as you see what's going on right here, don't, get, don't, don't attribute this to me. And then if we also look, um, I had it pulled up, um, in Luke 20 near the end of the chapter, and there's several times Jesus says things like this, but you know, starting at um, verse 46, is beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues. And in other words, they like to draw a lot of attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think he was even setting that up. This is not what's going on, right? And again, I think there was a big part of that, not only to the audience, what he's presenting, but to himself, to position himself rightly, Mm-hmm. in what he was doing. So that's kind of where I was going with the insight on it. Mm. Amen. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is something that because we have a, a human body and the sin nature that is connected inherently with a human body through the sin that happened in the garden, that's something every human has to wrestle with. And I'm, Paul, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Dean, Paul also had the issues where, where he was at Lystra and they tried to call them gods and they were coming out to offer sacrifices and, you know, they were just going crazy. And especially um, that, that temptation that the enemy often tries to come and connect with is to replace God with you and somehow by your strength, which is the very thing we see in in Satan when he was Lucifer, I'm going to ascend. I'm going to be like the most high God. I'm going to sit in his place. I'm going to do this. And, and, you know, that's something that all of us, should look for it feels great when we're used by God it feels wonderful we're like yes purpose and we should be excited 
But you remember when the disciples came back after they had been smacking the devil upside the head and casting them out and, you know, having all this victory. And they were excited because they were able to have power over the enemy. And Jesus said, wait, <laughs> hold on. Be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, like, wait, just put it in proper place and perspective. Don't let this carry you carry you away somewhere you don't belong don't be puffed up by it mm -hmm. the greater thing is that god is pleased and satisfied and it's him that does the work not us and um so as you go forward understand the enemy comes the same ways to trigger the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and as you recognize it go, okay now it's my turn to rule over it. Sin lies at the door and its desire is to have me, but I can rule over it. I should rule over it because greater is he who is in me, not greater am I because <laughs> I'm in myself, but greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So, you know, just be encouraged, be aware and be diligent and purposeful in how you go about ruling over those kind of things and keeping the enemy out and allowing God to be in. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a, that's a great point. And you see that spelled out, if you will, in Proverbs uh, chapter 27, verse 21. It says, The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but people are tested by their praise. And Christ Jesus, during his ministry, makes a similar statement. He's like, hey, be to his disciples. He's like, be wary when people sing your praises and they're, they're congratulating you, and, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but when they speak well of you and they're, they're doing all these things, essentially giving you praise, right? Because, and if we look at a pattern example in Jesus, it was always that the Father be glorified, regardless of what happened. Of course, he was used mightily and did, uh, you know, amazing things, Yes, he was God, but through the Holy Spirit working in and through him, which we also have the same Holy Spirit. And he also said, greater things than these you will do. Okay, but we, just like you were saying, Dean and, and Kamisha, about our heart, where is it? Is it on, look what we did, look at how we were used as a sense of pride? And because in that creates further division which Paul is trying to combat here, which I love how you brought that up, Dean, is still continuing the thought of, hey, there are these divisions, there are these issues here in the church, in the body of Christ that we have to address. We have to bring under submission to the will of the Lord. It's not our, our own self and that has done these things, but it's the power of God in and through, working in and through us. So we have to be aware of that. But then also, the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Or is it lip service and we're just saying, oh, no, I didn't do it, it's the Lord. Or do we genuinely mean that? And you don't have to justify it to me or anyone else, but the Lord, because he already knows. All right? So it's something that we, yes, as you brought up, honey, should be wary of within ourselves. And, well, both of you brought it up. But, um, so there is that. But she um, said it much better than I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's that and then also within that as you brought up Dean the the divisions the there are these issues that Paul is addressing here in his writing and we need to be aware of it in ourselves 
are we adding to these divisions? Right? He talks about his ministry as an apostle. Well, at this time, one of the, I'll say the qualifications, uh, was a check in the box or whatever, was to have a personal encounter with Christ. Right? That's part of the reason that the disciples were then also apostles, because they walked with God. And Paul, when he goes before them, clearly they, they, they had to acknowledge, you've had an encounter with God. Right, and uh, that's why also why he says I'm an apostle out of time. But and I'm not disqualifying anyone from being an apostle. Right, that's a a gift and an office that the Lord gives to whoever He desires. Right, yeah. but if we are believing when, on the Lord and calling on the name, right, we believe and we confess with our tongue that Jesus is, Christ is Lord. Then shouldn't we have all had an encounter with Him? Yes. Right. We all should have had one. Look at even throughout the entirety of the word. Even the, the children of Israel in the wilderness all had encounters daily with the Lord. But then there's the, the bigger issue, right? And we t- Paul talks about this in Colossians that we read earlier, that you would remain, that you remain in the faith, faithful, steadfast, all those things. There's, we see how they didn't remain, the children of Israel in the wilderness, that is. Even though they saw these great signs and these wonders, and we've, we've discussed this before, that they knew the Lord by his acts. Right? Yes. But there was a difference between how the, the children of Israel on the whole knew the Lord and then how Moses knew the Lord. For us, yes, it's great to see the acts. Absolutely. It's great to see the Lord move in power and might and authority. And he does that all the time, even in the little things, because that's part of who he is. But it's the greater thing to just be in relationship with him, to just walk with him. And we should not lose sight of that. Amen. And um, kind of switching gears just a little bit. Verse, verse two, I appreciated the focus that Paul has here when he says that he determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's, that's target in him understanding not only his purpose, his whole purpose before the Lord, you know, being an apostle out of time, this is why God separated you to bring you into this place was to carry out this mission, but also with these, this group of believers and knowing him, one of the things that God is looking for from, from us is the unity of the faith, right? Till we all come to the, we mature into the stature, the measure Mm -hmm. of Christ. And I, I like what he's, what he's saying and focusing on and, and I love about God is that he can take one instance and do so many th- different things with it when we allow him to do what he wants to do, when we just get out of the way. So in the same time, in the same breath of him solidifying and bringing this group of people back together and knitting them together in the love of Jesus Christ, but also he himself focusing on remaining in that perfect alignment with the Lord, not trying to take over and drive the bus, but... Um, walking in that place that God has for him to be in, 
Each of us has a place before the Lord. Each of us has a goal, a task, a calling that he has for us. And he wants us to complete it. He wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to walk in it. And he wants us to um, do and do in it everything that he has designed and created us to do. And I like how he, Paul, that is, comes into that, that mindset and thereby safeguards himself and I know it's the Holy Spirit helping him, but safeguards himself to go, okay, I'm not here for this. I'm not here for you to be um, thrilled by what I'm saying and the way that I deliver it. I'm not here for any of these other things. I'm only here to do what God asked me to do, which is to show you the way, the truth, and the life. And our walk with God is not one dimensional. So it makes it clear to me that God wants so much for us, but also that he can do so much when we give him the chance. And when God is being glorified truly by us adhering to his words as though they are literally the bread of life that we are sustained by, not only will we be blessed, but God will be blessed and everyone that's involved will get exactly what God wants for them to have from that encounter and that interaction. And then I also see as us being the vessel that God is using, it's to us to buffet ourselves, to set a watchman on the wall so that we're watching not only to see what God is doing, but to make sure that the enemy doesn't find a road in and to allow the things that God wants to flourish on the inside of us. So when Paul making those statements and at the same time, corralling his flesh, putting up those safeguards that he won't be drawn away into anything else and unifying the body. He's allowing God to mature him even more because every time we have a victory and following what God wants, our faith is built. Our faith is increased. Our joy is increased and we are strengthened and we become more steadfast and more immovable. Um, and I like, you know, if you compare it to when Paul was writing, he was like, man, what my flesh, what my spirit wants to do, I fail at. And what I don't want to do, I keep doing it. When we allow ourselves to be carried away and we fail before the Lord, it, it hurts us in the, in the way of it bothers our conscience. And we struggle. But when we take that effort and put up the, the barriers and we have boundaries and we have victory, because we stick to and we push through and adhere to what the Lord wants from us, then we are more confident in the Lord. We are um, built up and strengthened in our faith. It's like, okay, now the, I see the word working in my life. Does it happen without our effort and our participation? No, but it does happen when we participate with the Lord. And when we make sure that within ourselves, we set a standard. I purpose and I determine to do what you want, God. I will follow the Lord. I will be what you want me to be. And that's a, a much different statement than the statements that Satan was making, right? I'm going to go yes. up here and take your place. I, but us in our yielded and submitted place to Jesus Christ and his lordship, I will do what you ask me to do, God. And bringing our, our will, which is what God gives us, a free will by his, his own purpose and his own choice to do so, when we make it submit to him and give him his rightful place, then we are strengthened as we continue to follow him. Yeah, you just mentioned about um, struggling and as we're going through things, especially when we're battling the flesh. And I just want to make sure I let the listeners know um, 
when you hear something like I can't or I'm scared or you don't know what it's like to be me or any of those things that are in your head, that's the enemy trying to keep you down. And so if you feel like, especially in the time that we're living in now with the pandemics and the lockdowns and the isolations and all, if you don't have anybody, you can reach out to this ministry. There's always somebody you can reach out to. The enemy wants to keep you separated and you're not meant to go through your struggles alone. First and foremost, you are to invite the Holy Spirit to participate with you and seek and listen to him. But he also, God is gracious and understands where we are and human contact and human support is extremely important. So if you're finding yourself in a place of isolation, if you're hearing lies that are not consistent with God's word, then reach out to this ministry if you don't have anybody else to, and you can reach them at a day of prayer at yahoo.com and uh, they'll respond to you as quickly as possible and make sure that you have somebody that you can connect with to walk beside you as you go through whatever it is you are going through. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the contact that he wants us to have is godly contact. He wants us to surround ourselves with people of like faith. Um, He didn't say that he wanted us to be taken out of the world, but that he wanted us to be preserved and kept safe while we're in the world. And he gave us a whole body of believers. And our job is to love each other and encourage each other towards Jesus Christ. So absolutely reach out anytime and we're here. And, you know, something that's funny is I, when I speak to my kids at times, they look at me and they go, mommy, how do you know about that? And I'm like, I have to remind them that I lived an entire lifetime of wickedness before I came to Jesus. And it's, it's even more wicked because I knew of him. I at least had enough knowledge and, and um, understanding to accept him, but yet I refused him. So when we're talking, we're not to- uh, talking with an accusatory finger towards you. We're talking to ourselves, and we're talking about the experiences and that we've had, but also the word of God, whether I ever adhere to it or not, stands on its own. I like to say the cheese stands alone. God is God all by himself. And whether I adhere to it fully and walk in it perfectly, it doesn't change his Godhead. It doesn't change the fact that he is who he is. His word is what it, were, it, what it is. And he does what his word says he does. And we're not judging you. We have lived a life of sin. And it surprises my kids because they couldn't imagine me, their, their beloved mommy, was a wicked person at one point she did she did very bad things now look they're all looking at each other right now going one's got her head like hmm it's hard for them to imagine so it might be hard for you to imagine you know the way our voices sound it sounds like we've got it all together but we we need a savior just like everybody else you know my sin was no lighter or more jovial or pleasant to the lord than anybody else's i deserve to go to hell I had earned that. Thank God for his mercy and his grace that he gave me the opportunity to come to him and he brought me to my right mind. Do you remember when Nebuchadnezzar was eating and had basically turned into a wild animal, was eating grass? Yes. And when he came to his senses and and honored God, that was me. I was living my life in a corrupted way. And when I came to my senses and I was ready to acknowledge, okay, God, I'm wrong and you're right. When I was ready to give him glory, then he restored me to my right mind and brought me into his kingdom. I'm no different than anyone else. All right. Well, so there's a lot in there <laughs> in what you just said, honey. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And yes, so I'll say, I'll leave you with this. As Dean pointed out, absolutely. If, if you have questions, if, if you're going through something, please, you absolutely have the option and opportunity to reach out to this ministry at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. And there's also this, right? In, in verse five, Paul says, and the reason for his speech is that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It also knows that you have or have the opportunity and or should have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and you pointed this out, brother. Um, you have him, and go to him first and foremost, but you also have a, a community of believers that will stand with you and stand in the gap for you to lift you up in prayer, to minister your needs, and by your needs, I mean exactly what the Holy Spirit says to say and to do concerning you and on your behalf. So I just want to encourage you with that. Reach out to the Lord. And, and if you feel led to, by all means, reach out to us as well. Mm-hmm. We love you and we are praying for you. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to pause there for today. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your renewed grace and mercy toward us, Lord, and that you don't hide yourself from us, Lord, but you make yourself open and available that we can come and find you when we need you, Lord, and fall back and trust that you've got us, Lord, and that you are taking care of us, Lord. And we're able to cast all of our cares and our burdens on you, Lord, and know that they will be dealt with, Lord. And we just thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord, and who you are, God, and for being a good father towards us, Lord, and bringing us into your family as sons and daughters, as your children, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.